0: All right, um, we are jumping into a new series tonight called Beautiful Surrender. You guys ready for that? Okay. um, Just let go. (laughs) Um, uh, We are going to be covering some of the material in this book here. This is uh, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Um, So if you would like to Um, follow along. You can either pick this up. We have a couple copies in our small but uh, rich library. Um, So you can grab a copy if you want to borrow it. Please sign it out, okay, so we know um, that we get it back. And um, because we're going through this together, and there's only a few copies. If you um, pick it up and think it's something you would like to read for a little bit longer, perhaps bring it back and buy a copy. All right. Um, So that's going to be kind of our main text um, for the next few weeks. Another book that I would recommend if you want kind of um, sort of a larger, more specific, in-depth look at the disciplines is this book here. Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Calhoun. Um, And I'll actually leave this in the library as well. This is uh, this is my personal copy. So. Um, if you sign it out please please bring it back all right um, so tonight we're going to jump in with just some big picture thoughts on the disciplines and um, so that we can really prepare ourselves for this time and what God wants to do in it um, in in the right way and um, <clears throat> over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at. Um, really a, a pretty broad range from inward disciplines to outward disciplines to corporate disciplines. Um, and I think the beauty of these things is that ultimately they, um, the fruit of these things, finds itself in our everyday life. Um, and so when we talk about the disciplines, when we think about the disciplines, maybe uh, for many of us, we think about this sort of personal thing that's on our own that um, maybe has some effect on our lives, but not much beyond that. But I think what we'll find is that the truth is, is actually that as we discover these things, um, the effect is really a lot broader than we think. And even the things that we're praying through, I think as we find ourselves going deeper with God in this, I think, in fact, the application is going to find itself very relevant for the time that we find ourselves in. Um, So I hope that makes sense uh, at some point for you. Um, As we start this series, really... My goal is that we would be excited and expectant for God, what God wants to do in the in the next um, weeks and months, and uh, in order for that to happen, I really think we have to begin to think um, rightly about what the disciplines are, and that might mean we need to unlearn some things. Um, I don't know about you, but in general, when we come to this topic and the idea of of Practices that we um, want to bring into our lives, into our um, part of our routine and our habits, uh, there's struggle involved there. And even the word uh, discipline, I don't know if that brings up positive connotations, things that you get excited about, but probably not. So we have an uphill climb in this, <laughs> all right? Uh, but I believe that if we see it for what it is, we should be excited about the disciplines, and the role in our lives. And hopefully um, we are getting a fresh perspective on what God wants to do there. Um, And so you might be in a place of, at this point, not very excited. And maybe your, um, your time with God hasn't been one that's been full of fruitfulness, at least in the way that you see it. Maybe it's not very existent at this point. Uh, But my hope and my prayer is that we would see, in fact, um, the richness that's here for us. um, And that we would find him as we go together in this. Um, So I want to start by talking about that phrase, spiritual disciplines, for a few minutes. And um, specifically what the disciplines are not. Okay, Uh, I want to accomplish a few things tonight. Uh, mainly that we would get a better understanding of what the disciplines are. So let's start by process of elimination. And when we think about the disciplines, I said a few weeks ago that I was excited for this series because I think that the time that we find ourselves in, meaning the, the beginning of a new year, is really the perfect time to, um, to rediscover some of these things in our everyday life. Um, but I don't want you to confuse that with the conversation that happens every year at this time, which is really this conversation about how can I make myself better? How can I improve on the me of last year going into a new year? And, and we want to do that. Um, but there's this question of how we do that and why we do that. And I think a lot of times the how and the why is is not what it should be. Meaning, we're the the why is we're not very happy with ourselves, and the how is um, we're going to try harder so that the why so that the self that we're not very happy with won't be there anymore, and we'll be happier with who we are. When in actuality, what we have to do is actually love who we are, if we're gonna. Um, embrace what God wants to do in and through us in our lives this year. So it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive to the thought process of our culture, the world that we live in, and often the thought process that is in our heads on an ongoing basis. It's really this sort of self-help, self-improvement ideology that's not very helpful at all. So this isn't self-help. The, self, the spiritual disciplines is not at its core, at its essence, about self-help, self-improvement as the why, the motivation for why we invest in this. You can go to Barnes & Noble for that. There's a whole section. Don't do not It's not application number one, okay? Um, so... I like this quote from Richard Foster explaining this, that ultimately the disciplines are not about us exercising our will to a greater degree. He says, at the core, if we think we can bring about victory from sin or any other positive change in our life in a lasting way through our own strength, we've got it wrong. It doesn't work. I don't know if that was a quote for him. That might have been my own. It might have been a a mesh. What does he say? There's a proper place for the will, but it's not in transforming the inner person. Your will is not the thing that's going to change you. But at the same time, the will functions in the decision to place our lives before God so that he may work within us. You see that? Your will, there is a role for it. But your will is not the thing that changes you. And that is a message that is very different than the one in our world, than the one we've been brought up in. What changes us is God himself. And so our will is actually the thing that we use to bring us to the decision to put ourselves before him and say, God, you bring about what I can't on my own. See the difference there? And the disciplines, what's he say? He goes on. I I, I forgot about all this. (laughs) He says the will plays an important part in spiritual disciplines, but we are never made righteous by the exertion of our will. You, your life, the better version of yourself that you might want and desire, it doesn't come through you trying harder. He says righteousness Is a gift from God. And in fact, that righteousness isn't just about a better version of you. It's actually about the ability to have a relationship with the one who created you. And that doesn't come through your will. That comes as a gift from God himself. And it comes as we place ourselves before him. And I would even go a little bit further to say before we ever thought about placing ourselves before him, he was coming after us with this solution. The disciplines are a means of receiving the grace that he so freely wants to give us. And you see, so in that, there's this place of something that we do, but what we do is we surrender to what God wants to do and what God wants to give. We open our hands to receive the grace that is embedded in these things. Our will is in deciding that these things are good, and we want them, and we need them. Paul, he explains this. Relative really the futility of our will to bring about lasting change in Colossians 2. He says, since you died with Christ to the elemental forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? He's saying this is actually the way the world thinks. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined and to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teaching. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with the self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. He says, these things, these modifications, these things that you are trying so hard to do, they don't last in bringing about true change. The New King James Version translates this as will worship, that self-imposed worship is will worship. That is to say that we are putting our hope in our own power to bring about change. That's what happens so oftentimes. And for us, we could be talking about spiritual things. We can be talking about things that are meant to lead us to God. But be doing the exact same thing. Just clothing it in a different language. In fact, I would say that not only is it not about exercising our will. But I, I think, in fact, ultimately... When we come to the disciplines, it's not about first and foremost making ourselves better. It's not about us trying to get some upgraded version of ourselves. I think when we come to this conversation and when we come to the disciplines, it has to ultimately be about us discovering more of who he is. If we come to the disciplines for any other reason, we've started off the wrong foundation. I know that seems simple, but even the desire to change, that can't be your main motivation. Your motivation, the reason that we come to the Word, the reason that we come in prayer, the reason that we come in this corporate setting to worship has to be to know Him. And the beautiful thing is that when you come to know him, he wants to be known. And so he's very easily discovered. And when you come to know him, you come to know what he's like. And the more time that you spend with him, guess what? You become like him. The change happens, but it's a byproduct of something greater, which is this relationship. And so discipline is kind of a weird word here because I don't think it gets at the heart of what we're really talking about. We're talking about a relationship. And the best relationships are work, but we don't think of them that way. Instead of thinking about this as disciplines, what I'd like to offer up is perhaps another way of thinking about it. I'd like us to think of the disciplines, rather, as modes of interaction with God. Ways of interacting with God, each with a unique design in nurturing this relationship with Him. So if we don't come to the Word with this desire to interact with God, then we probably come for the wrong reason. Even... To know more, to study more, to find out good things that are in your Bible. It's not the reason you should come to the Word. And if, if those are the reasons, then maybe just put it down. And say, God, where are you right now? He's, he's in there, but he's not stuck in there. Are you guys with me? So i I like that instead, you know. um, We're going to keep talking about it as the spiritual disciplines, but I think at the core it's about relationship. I was thinking relational pathways, but that sounds so new agey and weird. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of something better. But think of these different things as different ways to interact with God. And then you realize, in fact, that there's probably some really untapped resources different opportunities that you haven't even discovered yet for how to interact with him how to hear from him how to discover him and I want you to think of that as we introduce perhaps some new things to your routine and your daily practice of interaction with God You know, it's interesting because if you look up the word discipline in the dictionary, um, it doesn't really sound like a good thing. It's, I have it here somewhere. It's it's about obedience or punishment. (laughs) Obedience by way of punishment. That's not what we're talking about, okay? Just to make it clear. And then there's this word spiritual, okay? So discipline is ultimately about relationship and the discovery of God. Spiritual, what does that mean? I think that it means that at the core of this has to be the spirit. At the core of all of this has to be the spirit. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some specific ways that we can interact with God and specific ways that he wants to speak to us and interact with us. But at the core, the Spirit is the one that brings those things to life. Jesus, he made this really interesting statement in John 5. He was speaking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the people who knew the scriptures the best or the most. They knew the most scriptures. Maybe they didn't know them the best. And in fact, that was the problem. They knew the most, but they didn't know what was at the center, the things that were obvious. They were interested in the minutia, in the details. And so they, they, they studied these things, but they missed The one behind them. And Jesus said these words. He said, you study the scriptures diligently. That sounds positive. But the reason why, he says, because you think that in them you have eternal life. He says, you think that your salvation can come from the things that you're reading and your ability to understand it. He says, but you miss the fact that these are the very scriptures that testify about me. They're about a person. The the, the scripture was written to point to God. He says, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. If the spirit isn't in these things, then we're... (laughs) in trouble bear with me on this one I was kind of proud of it 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 happened by accident the other day spiritual disciplines without the spirit it leaves you all (laughs) there it is people it's actually one L but that's okay I was so proud of that it's like a bad commercial that you can't unremember. <laughs> Spiritual disciplines without the spirit. It's just us trying to do our own thing. And it's not going to go very far. And so here's a good thing to remember in all of this. It's not about the practice. It's about him. And if the practice is not leading to him, then ask him To help you find where he is. But even as we come to these things. We should come with the expectancy to meet him there. You know something small that I do every time that I, I come to the word. And this is something that somebody said a long time ago. But it just stuck with me. It was just the advice to. Invite the Holy Spirit before you ever start to read, before you open your Bible. Invite the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into truth. So if there's anything worth knowing in your Bible, he's going to be the one that shows you. So invite the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. And so when I come to the word, the first thing I say is, Spirit, you're the one that leads me into good things. Without you, I can't understand this. Without you, I can't know what is worth knowing here. It's not my will. It's not however much time I have to put into this. It's not my investment that makes it work. It's you. So breathe on this. So that it would be fruitful discovery. I want to I close with really just some simple things to think about um, this week. And, you know, one of the challenges I think we have besides um, trying to do something that only God can do, I think another challenge we have is learning about these things but not practicing these things. And so, um, in the coming weeks, as we learn about ways to experience God, I'm asking you guys to commit with me to actually putting them into practice in your life. So they just don't become more information. Okay? And so, I want to start with that this week because this is kind of the primer, if you will. And I was sort of thinking, well, how do we do that in light of this? And I think this is a perfect time for us to assess and let actually God assess, rather, our hearts in the matter. To assess where we're at in this. And even to stir up in us the places that he's met us before to bring a reminder of what's possible now and in the future. At the same time, to let God speak into the places where there's perhaps been disappointment or frustration. Because let's acknowledge that, okay? I'm not speaking to you as one who has this figured out. I shared with you, in fact, last week that one of the biggest disappointments for me, one of the biggest lies for me that I've been believing recently was that the best things that I could know about God I already read a year or two or three or four ago. And it's just not true. But I lacked this anticipation when coming to the Word because I believed that. What is it for you? Where have you experienced frustration or perhaps a wall and you felt like, I can't get past this? Or you, you thought, I'm going to invest in this and God's going to meet me and it didn't seem to happen. Or you didn't see the immediate fruitfulness as it relates to what you put in. So I have a few questions here. And these are things that I want you to think about this week. So this is really our first application. And this is ultimately about letting him search us in these things and speak into these things, both to remove disappointments, but to also deposit expectancy. In what way have I experienced God deeply? And what disciplines have helped me the most in this? Question number two. What way has God been unfamiliar to me? Which disciplines have seemed perhaps too difficult or even unfruitful? Question number three, where would I like to grow in my experience of God through the spiritual disciplines? And lastly, if I had to quantify my desire for God at this moment, what would it be? I know that might seem weird, feel weird to actually write down a number, but I want you to do that. And ultimately, this last question, I think, is, is so vital because I think it's really important that we search our heart and let God search our heart in this to say, God, do I really want you in these things? Or do I want something else? And just be honest with that. And if it's low, if the number is a low one, guess what? It's a really great place. And actually, I would just say let God's grace be on that to help you. So let's pray.